Hello, and welcome back to another episode of That's What She Said with Zach and Nicole. Woo! And we, we did it. <laughs> we made it to double digits without... Double digits. Without killing each other or yelling at each other once. <laughs> Just a little bit of aggravation from Zach towards me. Yeah. The, a little bit. The classic friendship. The classic. Like I said, what did I compare a friendship to last episode? Um... To, oh, Falcon uh, and Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Um, but we have a pretty good episode laid out. I even texted Zach, or no, I tweeted about it. I said, "Wow, this week is just popping with news popping. regarding a bunch of things." Um, so much so, I had to leave a couple things out because I didn't want to go like four hours. <laughs> I mean, I could. I've gone four hours, but that would have been a lot of, a lot of editing. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we're just going to jump right in. So earlier this week on Twitter, it was announced that there was going to be a live-action Justice League rebirth in the works through, w, or through Warner Bros. DC is saving 2020 one DC news story at a time. I hate your slow clap. <laughs> um, I'm so happy. I'm so honestly, happy. tears you know coming tw- out of my eyes. Yeah, but you know, 2020 must be ending if if DC is saving us all. Yeah, if if DC is saving us all, then this is the end of the world. But I, it's gonna be a damn good end of the world. Yeah, I'm excited as a DC fan to see what happens. So, um, so yeah, and. I mean, kind of regarding it, I heard that there is going to be apparently like a multiverse movie or it's somebody, I think a fan like theorized that a multiverse movie kind of like that could save stories at, and like plots considering Batfleck is no longer in that DCEU and now it's Robert Pattinson as a Batman. So maybe we're going to see like uh, it's going to clean up all these movies and hopefully Mm. refresh the DC which is something I would appreciate and like to see (laughs) something you would appreciate (laughs) I can get into DC you don't know me Uh, sure it's not like I did like DC years together being friends so I guess I don't know you you know shit you're right (laughs) God, those awkward first seven years. Yeah. <laughs> this year, it's like a whole new friendship. Yeah. Not really, Which is but. Cool. <laughs> um, so, via Skylar Schuler on Twitter, he heard. So, Joaquin Phoenix passed on the role of Captain Hook, which I'm sure you were very happy with. As he should. So he passed on the role of Captain Hook in the upcoming live action Peter and Wendy. Um, but as of recently, as of yesterday or two days ago, the role has officially gone to Jude Law, who will now be playing Captain Hook. Adam Driver and Will Smith were both also in the mix, but passed on the opportunity. So what makes me laugh the most about this story, and I see that you're struggling with this. I'm uh, just, yeah. So apparently what I had heard was they were... Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Will Smith all were given, like, the opportunity. They were all asked to play the role. 
but they all passed. So, like Kelly Flanagan on The Bachelor, Jude Law is their fourth choice. You don't understand my reference. Fourth choice. Oh, uh, wow. I... Yeah. I don't know why we're doing this. Um... um I don't know either. We've I already had a live action this. Peter and Wendy or Peter Pan and I love that live action so much. So I don't I don't know either. I I don't know. I I know Jude Law's going to kill it. That's oh, absolutely. A given. That's a given, but I just I don't understand why we keep doing these these Peter Pan films. I I really don't understand. Um, we technically only had one Peter Pan film, which came out in the early 2000s, I want to say. And then we had, right. wasn't it Hook with, with Robin Hook Williams? With Robin Williams. Fem- phenomenal I movie. An, wait, was Hugh Jackman in Pan with, with, with that kid that you love so much? Was he Captain Hook? Because Hugh no, Jackman was Captain Hook was... at one point. And I think it's called Pan is the movie. Finding Neverland. Finding Neverland. Is that, that one's it? with Johnny Depp. But there's one with no. with with Hugh Jackman as Captain. Oh Hulk, yes, I yes, yes. Guarantee. Was that Pan? Yes, it's Pan that came out in 2015. Right. You think I like Garrett Headland? I don't. No, I wasn't no, sure if kid. that was the one that he. Oh, he, Levi Miller. Kid. Yeah. I don't really know him. So you have like a crush on him. Like I probably did at one point. <laughs> <laughs> she admits it, guys. <laughs> oh, I always admit my crushes. Except I don't admit it to them. So that's where I have gone boyfriendless for almost Whoa. twenty twenty years. Twenty five. <laughs> Stop. But yeah, I just think there's a there are so many pan movies and I just don't understand the allure of making so many pan I films. I think they're just trying... Okay, I don't like talking bad about Disney because Disney is an amazing like company. I just think they're almost kind of grasping at straws and they're kind of like, okay, it's 2020. We have the CGI. We have the money to make it. Let's... And like... They're probably, they're not making a Peter Pan movie and all these live actions for each generation, but I kind of feel like they are. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, well, this generation, let's up it. And as much as I hate to say this, one of our bloggers, and I can't remember who it was, I think it was Jeremy Conrad or Skylar Schuler, reposted or posted a meme of Tinkerbell like two days ago. So... That kind of brings me to question if they already have a casting because we don't know who's been casted as Peter, Wendy. I think we do actually. I'm not gonna lie, but um, I know they're kind of casting people who aren't really known. But they have those, and then I heard in the mix. We both heard. We said last episode or two episodes ago, Margot Robbie is in the mix for Tinkerbell, but. Yeah. I forgot about the fact that Reese Witherspoon has been wanting to do a standalone uh, Tinkerbell film. She wants to produce it. I don't believe she wants to star in it, but she's trying. she was trying to produce and create a Tinkerbell live action. 
kind of like her backstory, which would be interesting to see in all honesty. Mm. Um, and it's something that hasn't been tackled yet, so it'd be kind of fresh and new just to see how they go about it and how maybe right. she meets up with Peter. But again, like I don't, that kind of was scratched and it kind of hasn't popped up again until like recently someone wrote about it under the meme. So it kind of refreshed my mind and I was like, okay, so maybe we will get some act. I would love to see like a quote unquote no name actress in the role of Tinkerbell just so that way we get a fresh face. Mm-hmm. I don't know okay. what your thought is. I, I'm just tired of Peter Pan. Honestly, um, but Peter Pan's my favorite Disney guy. It's a lot of people's or it's my favorite, favorite Disney film. Favorite Disney film. a lot film. of people's favorite Disney film or Disney character. But I, I are just, you calling me uh, everybody else? Are you no, saying I'm that just, I'm like? I, <laughs> I'm just. I know. Yeah, you're basic. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> We've established um, that. <laughs> okay, so this news um, led us leads us into the Fantastic Beast sequel because of Jude Law. So I actually had um, they were making good point on about it because now so this was a tweet from Skylar Schuler regarding uh-huh. Jude Law because of Fantastic Beasts so the whole thing is a mess Depp issues whether he's in the right or not still isn't good publicly uh-huh. the whole Johnny Depp thing with Amber Heard uh-huh. Rowling, Rowling continues to say some dumb shit again but bad publicity with the whole everything Tough. going on yeah. yes Miller, Ezra Miller, again, bad publicity from that altercation earlier this year. Now Law is doing Peter Pan. So, there's, so fan tweeted, the Harry Potter prequel could be cursed. And in all honesty, the first two films did not really do anything for me. They hyped up the second one so much, and I had, so, I had good hopes going into it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this, is gonna, this, is, this is going to make the first one look pretty good. And then it kind of like, there was no action for me, nothing. It was just plain storyline, and I was like, okay, I, I could have watched this with Harry Potter multiple times, which I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. So now, we're supposed to be getting five films for Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, they signed a, a picture deal with Warner Bros. for five films. And I don't even think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to make it past two, past three. They haven't even begun filming. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. It, it, I. It, it, it's a burning dumpster fire right now. Like for PR. Honestly, it, it, I don't. I don't know how. Harry that's Potter work out. Well, Harry Potter was such like a generational film. Like it, it really changed and moved people. And mm-hmm. I think with this one, they were almost trying to do this. I, I understand what they're trying to do. They were trying to continue the Harry Potter legacy and they were trying to bring about this new era but they kind of didn't do it the way it should have been done I, I slightly disagree I, I in the sense of I don't think it was ever trying to be Harry Potter but I do think it was it, I mean it is another iteration of the wizarding world of Harry Potter that's, that's it's just a hundred years before it him it's it's just part of this storyline of J.K. Rowling's you know she's building a franchise like Star Wars or like Fast and Furious or you know what I mean she's building a big uh, franchise so that's just another installment we're getting the, the prequels at this point um, but I think 
and I kind of wrote a blog about this, was just interested in the idea of can, you know, the work exist without the creator? Because I genuinely think that she's going to be removed from Fantastic Beasts because she is produ- executive producer and in some cases she's even the screen a writer for the project. So I think considering her, her take on, um, you know, trans rights yeah. um, could lead to studio execs being like, we don't want you in the mix anymore. But then again, you're thinking she is the sole creator of the franchise. So that is her work. And if she decides that she wants to take it away from Warner Brothers, then she's fully able to. I mean, I don't know the details of the contract she signed with Warner Brothers to produce her films uh, or use her intellectual property. But I just don't know if this is even going to continue. And I think with certain actors personal opinions and, and, and personal affairs I think that studio might just feel it's best just to not do it I mean you have a rift between Eddie Redmayne and JK Rowling already he's he's asked her not to produce the next Fantastic Beasts movies he's he physically asked her not to be involved so do you as a studio exec do you keep Eddie who is right now you know the main ticket for these films or do you get rid of the creator of the films and then if you get rid of the creator do you still have access to the property or do you relinquish that in getting rid of the, the creator that's Honestly, just the though, argument I don't know where it's gonna go but no I, I completely agree with that um, I, I swore though that before the second film even premiered I, I really think she was also still in hot water at that point because she was yeah. still making she still made tweets, and people were kind of trying to boycott the second movie. From yeah. my, from what I remember, um, a couple years ago. Um, I mean that that's a fair, that's a fair question. I don't know what they're gonna do with it. I don't know at this point. I, I don't even see a point in making more films because no one really wants to see them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I I I did like the first two. I think it was a good explanation of bringing a story that was kind of hinted at in the Harry Potter films. Um, Cause we did get a little bit of Grindelwald mention, mm-hmm. like I think in the first film and then later on in the seven part two, but I don't know, man, we're just, I, I'm hoping maybe something will come about now. Well, maybe not anymore. Now that Miller, Ezra Miller is going to be in flashpoint, all this stuff, like all their, actors are pretty much taken up now so unless like they say okay we're gonna start filming next summer who knows um the cw has officially found their new batwoman in god frenemy javisha leslie she's going to be the first african-american superhero who is going to be playing a bisexual woman and she yeah batwoman is i believe by uh Katie Keene or Ruby Rose played it was a bisexual role mm-hmm. and now um, Javisha Leslie which I hope I'm saying the name right um, she said that she's very excited to enter the role so I'm interested I, I honestly never watched Batwoman before I haven't I haven't really watched any of those CW shows mm-hmm. um, wait is she Batwoman or Catwoman she's Batwoman 
Okay. Ruby Rose left the role after season right. one. She didn't really say why. There was speculation. There was a couple of speculation, but it wasn't like she hasn't said anything officially, which I don't know if she will say. Maybe in the future she will. And then they said they're not recasting the role of Katie Keene, so instead they made up a new role. Mm. Who's going to be completely opposite of the character that Ruby Rose is playing. So, okay. I mean, I'm kind of... I, again, I've never really watched the show. I've seen her in the yeah. crossover episodes, but I, I'm sure she's going to do great. I, yeah. I've heard, um, I've heard kind of good things about the show. I've heard bad things, but um, it's just another like Flash, Supergirl, Arrow, all those shows. So I mean, yeah. I'll, CW, maybe I'll watch. CW hasn't hasn't missed yet. You know, these shows are, are very good, if not decent. <laughs> so honestly I, they have um well those shows I, I i don't know if they're gonna be involved in dc fandom but i know star girl will be and again star girl mm-hmm. is an amazing show just got picked up for season two so i'm really excited for that um has a really good storyline it really picked up as a sh- as a show and i know swamp thing is coming to the cw this fall mm. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, they're bringing a bunch of the streaming services to CW, and I think that's really helping with the show because it's picking. I know Swamp Thing got canceled, but they're bringing it to CW, so I'm hoping maybe they'll pick it up for another season if it's not, if it's good. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I, I thought I think you'd find this one pretty interesting or funny. The Russo brothers have teased recently that they are working again with Robert Downey Jr. in a new project. And via Brandon Davis on Twitter in the next couple weeks, we'll be ready for a trailer for their upcoming film starring Tom Holland and Cherry, which is based on the Russo brothers' personal lives. <laughs> Hashtag free Tom Holland. I don't know why. Well, he was already working on Cherry with them. Uh, that was the project for him with about... I. I, for, I want to say, I, I forgot, it was about like their hometown, but they wanted Tom Holland in it, and then Robert Downey Jr., I guess, is working with them on a separate project, so I'm really interested to see what Cherry looks like. They said that, um, which I know they say this all the time, but they want to petition for Tom Holland to be considered for award season for this role. They want to petition for Tom Holland to be... Nominated for like an Oscar for his role Petition? in Cherry. Yeah, a lot of times, um, the like movies or directors or something will petition for their actors to be like considered for a role that they were in that they'll get nominated, or they think that he should be nominated. Why don't we just wait until the movie comes out and we see it and see what happens? I don't... I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to amp up how his acting is for this film, which makes sense. Like, they want everyone to know, okay, like, his his acting in this film is amazing. Like, you need... Like, just wait until you see it. Just hyping it up. Yeah, but we'll be the judge of that. And the Academy will be the judge of that. So why don't you just shut your mouth and just let it happen? I don't... I don't get... I don't get... I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and then you hype it up, and then let's say his performance isn't up to par, and then we're like, well, obviously the Rooster Brothers are responsible for making well, this 
situation really awkward. A lot of a lot of films get hyped up through their director. Like Matt Reeves has been hyping, or not Matt Reeves hasn't really been, but um, Robert Pattinson co-stars on the Batman. Hi- yeah, yeah, right. So but has um Andy Sir. What what's his Andy name? Circus. Andy C- Circus. He kind of I think no he didn't or maybe it was Matt Reeves. Somebody quoted saying saying Robert Pattinson has really been hitting hitting the nail on this one. Yeah, that's fine, but it's different when directors are coming out and doing it and then not only that but like directors who we know have a great relationship with these actors are coming out and being like yeah he's amazing like it'd be (laughs) you know it'd be like martin scorsese being like yeah leo really nails it in this role it's like well we expect nothing less and (laughs) we don't expect you to be hyping up leo it just will judge the work on its merit when it comes out right i don't i will say for once upon a time in hollywood side note they did hype up, hype him up, but I wasn't really a fan of it. Like I wasn't a fan of. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a whole um, other story. Yeah. Okay, and so death becomes her, which was a, I guess, a movie back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's getting a revival. Original cast includes Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep, and Bruce Willis. The revival will have Kate Hudson, respectively, cast in Mom Goldie Hawn's role. Anne Hathaway, respectively, taking on Streep's character. Robert Downey Jr. will be taking will take over Bruce Willis's role, and Lady Gaga is cast as the mysterious and wealthy socialite Lyle von Ruman. Found that one on Facebook, and I was very interested in the cast. Like that is a pretty good cast. Yeah, it's a strong one. <clears throat> I have never seen the original, so I'm not sure what it's really about. But I think it's cool. I think that's really I cool, think so and too. I think especially considering, I mean, I don't know, something about Lady Gaga and these revivals is interesting to me. She's been she's been killing it. I yeah, mean, and we the, know. Yeah, because the Star is Born is a, revi- is a revival. It's a it's it was an old movie that's been done like maybe like three or four times. So, you know, she wanted to originally be an actress, and then she found her music career. She's always been interested in acting. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with being multi hyphenated and multi talented. So, <laughs> so and we know, well, right? And I know Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway have great on screen chemistry. They were in Bride Wars together, which is one of my favorite films. They mm. really played it well. And I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with it. All right. And now we have... Okay, I want to hear your take on Knives Out. Because you finally watched it. Oh. Um, okay. Um. Why do I stop? So, all in all, a very okay. interesting, fun movie. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen, seen a, a whodunit. And a good one, at least. I think still... Yes. Still, the, the, the most prominent one is still Clue. Um, but it was very, very good. Very interesting. Very funny. It was quirky. Um, I was... I, I wouldn't say I was on the edge of my seat, but I was very invested in who did eventually do it. Um, although yeah. the actual situation... <laughs> was kind of bogus in a way. I, f- 
I don't know if can I can we do spoilers? Can I spoil it or or, or should I we... mean it's been out since December, so why not? Okay. I felt I felt the idea of Christopher Plummer's character, the the you know, who gets murdered being a suicide was um was annoying. <laughs> to put it to put it lightly. I because I, because I wanted a genuine murder mystery and to know that it was it wasn't exactly a murder it was just a it was it was a murder in a way but it was really a suicide i felt like it was it was ryan johnson trying to circumvent our preconceived notions of what would happen and although i'm okay with that in most cases i'm not sure if that's just ryan johnson's style and I haven't seen enough of Ryan Johnson's work to be like, yeah, so he's just the kind of person who creates things that circumvent our, um, you know, our preconceived notions of what's going to happen. Because generally I expected it was going to be, you know, someone gutted him and, you know, that's how it's going to be. But um, Daniel Craig was interesting. Didn't really like the accent, but the accent was, like threw yeah, me off I, every single time he spoke. But I feel it's kind of like have you seen like Pyro, yeah, Agatha Christie's Pyro? Okay, so no. being a French detective is kind of like that. Just being someone who isn't from the same place that other people are from, and so being able to have a critical eye and 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 view things from a bird's eye view. Um, again. I think very interesting to see Chris Evans in a dramatic role. I, I was very interested to see that. I think he, he did a really good job. Um, the main girl, Anna... I forgot her name. Anna Diarmas or, yes. or something? Yes, she was really good. I felt... God, she was amazing. As like a um, first-time kind of actress. Yeah. But and I think at the the ending was totally justified. I love the ending of the movie. Her standing on the the um, the terrace with the cups, like my coffee, my house, my rules. I was like, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Came full um, circle. Michael Shannon is one of my favorite actors, so seeing him in a role that wasn't because usually he's like in violent roles or roles of mystery. I, I was interested in him being just. Um, having a disability and, and just uh, being there. I think even the, the, the realization that, you know, this whole family is very selfish and they're using their father for his money and his profit um, was an interesting take. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was quirky, but it was also stupid. The, <laughs> the, knife, the knife at the end is what annoyed the hell out of me. Because when it was fake? Yeah, I was like, that gag was very annoying to me. It felt very similar to the lightsaber throw with episode eight. Um, oh, when yeah. Ray passes it to Kyle. Yeah, and Kylo. Luke just throws it over his shoulder, and I was like... Mm. I thought that was cute! I, I enjoyed that. I got, but again, I'm just wondering, is that who Ryan Johnson is? Is he that kind of director who... Who takes what like a we fake expect out. to happen? Yeah, he's just known for fake outs, because that was annoying to me. I I, I would have been all for, uh, you know, ransom stabbing. Uh, what's her name? Her character's name, Anna's character, in the chest, and just leaving it at that. 
I would have been all for that because I just I don't know I, I I like that kind of how that situation would then unravel would be very interesting for me but all in all a great movie I, I would say I would rate it maybe a 7 or an 8 out of 10 um definitely has replay value but I don't think it was deep enough that I was <clears throat> discovering a lot I think as far as directing goes very well directed I think even some things like the blood on the shoe moment was kind of a shock moment for me I was I was like wow okay that's cool how that's gonna work out um uh, but yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by the film. I enjoyed it, which says a lot because I'm very critical of You're very films. critical. <laughs> so I enjoyed it, but I felt like certain things were sloppy in ways. I think that shot of... A lot of people praise that shot of it going to handheld when um, Anna's character leaves the house and she's like running away after the will has been read. I felt that was that transition people kind of praise that transition but I felt it was kind of sloppy because it it looks like a camera is being picked up and moved yeah into the situation and I've seen it done a lot cleaner with some directors where it just fluidly moves from a camera on a tripod to handheld so I don't know I, I but I definitely enjoyed it I, I and I enjoyed some of the characters were very unique and annoying um and I even liked how it spoke about current events in a way we got you know certain people's political opinions of you know our current uh political environment and I felt that was interesting and a cool take but yeah I I don't know I don't know what you have to say about it but yeah that's how I I felt about the movie so I I saw it in theaters. I really enjoyed it. So when I first watched it, I'll, I'll let you know that I was very confused at first because I was like, why are we getting the whodunit now? Like, I kind of knew she wasn't the one who killed him. But, like, for her to, like, you know, for her to be pinpointed like that, I was kind of like, okay, why are, we, why are we getting this now? And then, like, it was kind of all happening at once. So I said, okay, let me just see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And then after the whole film wraps up, I said, okay, I kind of really liked how we kind of got the all of this information in the beginning, and then I like seeing, like, okay, it was really Chris Evans' character at the end. Spoiler alert. Um, right. So, which, by the way, he can wear that cashmere sweater really well. <laughs> um, I even said after the film, I said, most of the time, like, I don't really like seeing my favorite actors or actresses in, like, the bad boy bad girl kind of role but he can be a bad guy anytime he plays that role very well I was very like I actually hated him in the movie I really did I was not I was like you know what? I hope you get caught I hope I'll like I was here for it uh, but anyway so I did like it I like Jamie Lee Curtis in that role she was yeah. very like very Jamie Lee Curtis very like just yeah. on point one of the best characters i would say from the film played a role to the best um Mm -hmm. supporting character roles like that 
the Catherine Langford and her her mom was very annoying for me, very annoying. Um, just I guess character wise, um, mm-hmm. Anna Diarmas. Are ugh, I have to look up her name because I don't want to say it wrong, but her character was great. I liked her character. I think Anna Diarmas. Yeah, she um, she's actually dating ben, ben Affleck now. But <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that out there. She did good. I loved her in the film. I think this is going to open up a lot of roles for her. I think as the one actress who I didn't know in this film, um, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, as a movie, I would give it like a 7 out of 10. Like, it was it was good for me. wasn't, like, amazing, but it was enough for me to be, like, engrossed the entire time and, like, right. be captured by the film. But I do agree. Like, there were some things that I would have changed. The fake-out, I did love. I have to admit. I really thought he was going to kill her, and I or I thought something else was going to happen. Um... Every time she lied, she threw up, and I wasn't about that. I was kind of grossed out every single time she did that, but mm-hmm. I was have a weak stomach. Um, but it was good. It was Daniel Craig annoyed the shit out of me with his country accent, but I was mm-hmm. I was loving it because he even said he even says in an interview that he, I guess I think he's getting a standalone film for his character. Um, yeah, interesting and. Um, Ryan Johnson has already said that. I guess he started working on Knives Out 2 um, sequel. Mm. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, great movie. I would recommend it to anyone. I recommended it to you. I told you that you should watch it. It's great. Um, kind of made up for episode 8. No. No. <laughs> no, it didn't. But I think I will say... Um, I think, as Star Wars fans, we probably should have checked Ryan Johnson's filmography and the type of films he makes before going into Episode Eight, because I think if we did, a lot of the things that we saw, we would have expected. And I think <laughs> because we knew what J.J. produced, that we were expecting something similar to what J.J. created, that when we got the Ryan Johnson take, we were like, nah, F this, this is not what I signed up for. So, because I, I think if it's, it's sort of like, Quentin Tarantino has Tarantino-isms, if you get what I mean. There are certain things of part of yeah. his movie that you kind of expect to see. You know, you expect language, you expect there to be a moment of insane violence, you expect there to be feet, you expect there to be, you know, uh, quirky dialogue and and moments of of insane tension so i think if we knew that ryan johnson was the kind of director who creates films with fake outs and gags and 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 moments of comedy but also moments of mystery um maybe we would have understood his final product a lot better um yeah i it's a a decent movie i think it's a good watch i think it's a good movie to sit and sit down and 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 watch there are some very a lot of funny moments um but i don't think i was ever in a state of complete mystery as to who done it because you know you know the direct the detective already knows who's done it at the beginning of the movie you're just kind of kind of seeing them unravel it but i think the added extra layer was the fact that the main character thought she was the one who did it and so she's actively covering her tracks 
through the movie and you're watching her kind of try and outsmart and outthink the detective I do think that idea could have been played on a lot more um, because you could sense the fact that Daniel Craig's character was still playful through all of it like you knew he knew that she wasn't involved and I would have liked to have seen maybe yes he knew but he was playing on the fact that she didn't know and he was yeah. very much like always one step behind her and so maybe her desperation would have been a lot more interesting to watch her kind of figure out smart ways to outthink him and, and, and do things so uh, you know that's my take on it I felt that was a little bit weak their relationship was a little bit weak but um, all in all a fun fun film it was a good film I really liked it. I'm glad that you were able to finally see what I saw. Um, Florence Pugh will now will be the new Black Widow. It was announced from the director in the MCU following the standalone film due out later this year. And Marvel will not be included in this year's San Diego Comic-Con at home. So kind of mushed into one. Um, Florence Pugh, so I kind of, fans were not shocked. No, I um, I think we do need a new Black Widow, so I think it's going to kind of introduce her more. Um, I'm interested now to see how they do it, since this is set before Civil War. I'm interested to see what they do with... Um, maybe it's just her introduction, in all honesty. Maybe it's just going to be her coming into it, and then like maybe at the end we'll see her in 2023 when it's... when we left off with our heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much. I'm just going to have to wait and see the film like everybody else. But... I um, I hope it's more of an origin story in a way. I feel... It is going to be an origin story, though. I, I know, but, I, I, but it, it does go into, you know, they... It also expands. Because, we, like, we're realizing that, you know, um, Black Widow's family are all assassins or at least very talented <laughs> assassins so um i'm interested to see the transition the passing of the torch to to florence um but yeah i don't think anyone's surprised i'm certainly not surprised because you no, know the way the trailer the way the trailer works you can see they're kind of passing on the baton yeah you can see it's happening so i'm not surprised at all as far as marvel but the sandy good comic con i'm not surprised either I'm not either, but. since it wasn't, like, fully announced. Um, we would have heard we would have heard from them at least, like, two weeks ago, saying, hey, we're going to have, like, these panels. They're usually very good at it. I think that's kind of why they're staying silent. I think they're just like, okay. I, I, I kind of feel like they're brewing something up that they're going to say um, in the next maybe few weeks, okay, we're going to... They're going to just drop all this news on us. Like, I feel like that's how Kevin Feige is. I feel like he's the kind of person that's going to say, all right, well, you guys wanted this. This is what you're going to get. I could be wrong. But I I think that they're going to release information in the beginning of August. I think they'll let us know. Because we would have gotten a Falcon Winter Soldier trailer by now. It was supposed to be out in August, September. So I'm just interested to see what happens. I, I wasn't shocked. It was more just like, meh. Yeah. But I'm, I'm honestly excited to see DC fandom. I'm, I'm interested to let my DC side come out. 
Um, you finally finished the, the morning show. Yeah, and you finally finished Newsroom, so we've got My, a lot to talk about. I do have to say, though, at first, um, I got my dad to watch the newsroom with me, and he got uh-huh. really into it to the point that yeah. I wasn't even watching it. I was watching another show, and he goes, um, he goes, you want to put you want to put our show on? I go, what show? He's like, that that HBO show. I said, the newsroom. I went I went to Fourth um, of July, and he freaking finished the season. Like he he didn't even wait for me. He finished season three, and I was like. He goes, keep it up, keep it up. I was like, are you joking right now? You're going to watch this without me? He's like, yeah, why am I going to wait for you? It's so good. Um, but my dad and I, we really love, we love media shows um, and political shows, which shock mm-hmm. a lot of people. But yeah. we're very into those crime and everything. So, But anyways, um, I want to hear your take on the morning show, or I don't know how you want us to start doing this debate about uh, both of them okay so i guess i'll give some um backstory to to the people um so i i had watched newsroom back in the mm-hmm. summer of 2019 and it's been a long time since newsroom's been out but i i went back to go see it because it's been a show i've always wanted to watch and after watching it i talked to you about it and i was like i think it's incredible probably one of the best news tv show dramas in, in history and I was very adamant about that um, and then uh, with the release of Apple TV I saw the morning show and I was very interested by the cast I mean you've got Jennifer Aniston Reese Witherspoon Steve Carell and I was like okay this could be very interesting and, and it seems like a sort of newsroom-esque kind of show so I could get fully invested into it um, I'd watched the first three episodes and then I kind of got bored because I'm a huge cynic at heart, and if if the show doesn't interest me within the first few episodes, I don't continue going. I, I kind of just give up on the show. So then you kind of finished the show, and you were like, hey, go back and watch it. And I was like, okay, I will, but I well, will Well, because I remember that you told me you started it, and I yeah. was like, did you finish it? Because I wanted to talk to you about it, and then you're like, no, I only got this many in. But and I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. But like that was the difference between us with this show was because I started it and I got so into it and I yeah. had to keep watching. And then I was like, why did you stop at episode three? Like it's a really good show. But go ahead. Yeah, that's my mistake. <laughs> um, but I guess the reason why is because I was comparing it to Newsroom, which I shouldn't have been doing. I should have just watched it on its own merits. I just felt like I couldn't root for any of the characters in the beginning, but then I think at the end you realize that the characters aren't meant to be rooted for. There is no character who is blameless at the end of, of the series, and so I, I think that's why. And uh, One thing I will give huge props to Apple TV for doing is for having the difficult conversations. That's, I think, one thing that Newsroom failed to do was to have the difficult conversations. Although the scene at the school about is America the greatest country in the world, although one of the greatest monologues, I think, has ever been written and and performed by, you know, uh, Aaron Sorkin and Jeff Daniels, I do think the show doesn't go into depth with uh, current events that I think... The newsroom? 
not as much maybe because the current events in in the morning show are so prevalent and and a lot deeper that I felt taken by the current events of that show I didn't feel newsroom really presented a lot of current events it, so it, that's it, what it I more, have on my notes it more it more it more dissects being a journalist and the effects of being a journalist and 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 what happens in the room you know of being a journalist and those inter interpersonal relationships of the newsroom it kind of explains but I, I didn't feel it really tackles newsroom is more about the characters than it is about the actual okay i i can see that it's more about the characters and 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 journalism as a whole of, of telling the truth uh, which which morning show also talks about, but I, I feel newsroom talks about more about telling the truth and and how to tell the truth and how um, it's very hard to just sit on the fence and be uh, uh, neutral about an issue and how a lot of people want you to take a side on an issue and so um, I felt that was very interesting about newsroom, but I think the morning show tackles just the entertainment industry as a whole and how difficult it is to to balance family and career especially when uh, career can be dictated by other people and how where where power lies is like you and you as see a that a lot in the morning show right do you have agency over your own career and the narrative that you're trying to tell or the ta- narrative of your own life the morning show kind of talks about would more. you see Jennifer Aniston's character really struggle in the midst of all that she's like okay I need to get my contract settled so that way I have control over my show right and I love that about her because as much as you want to hate her half the time in the show like you I respected the shit out of her because I'm like you know what I I I don't know what really goes on behind the scenes but I know as like a woman it is so hard to try and get control of something that is yours and that she's worked so hard for and she says in the show that she's worked on air with him for 15 years with Steve Carell before the whole Me Too movement starts with them which um that's something I put in my notes with the morning show, I love, love, love that the whole thing was a Me Too movement because that was w- the Me Too movement was one of my um, huge papers that I wrote in college. I wrote an entire, probably like seven to ten page paper about it because I was mm. so into it, um, and I used all these examples. And I loved that she was. I, I love. Okay, with the morning show, I admired the fact that she was still friends with Steve Carell's character I love that she still loved him enough to still like kind of see him behind the back of everybody like still behind the scenes and she Mm kind of made Reese Witherspoon's character feel like shit for being like you met up with him you are like I feel like she was almost betrayed that he didn't go to her first that he would that she was so mad at the fact that they spent 15 years together on air um it was a good show. I wish they kind of tackled a little bit more. I do like that they conquered or that they covered the Los Angeles fires or the fires that happened in California around last year um, mm-hmm. that ruined a bunch of people's homes. Then you kind of see behind the scenes, like, okay, firefighters were paid to go help 
private homes to go help the celebrities or the rich and that like you didn't really see and I'm like okay well damn like I wonder if that really happened so it kind of makes you question everything um but I think I loved that they covered that portion of it and then you see and then everyone starts coming out saying okay he sexually assaulted me he did this and then you see all the like all the after effects and what's going Mm -hmm. on with the fact that Steve Carell's character did this and I didn't think that he was gonna admit it I thought he was gonna say I'm innocent all this but he blatantly comes out and says it was all consensual it was all consensual like I don't think so by the way that you're acting it doesn't seem consensual um it was definitely a different role for me to see him and Jennifer Aniston in as like power hungry anchors but it was nice and I do think that Jennifer Aniston's Emmy Award was well worth it for her to be for to have won Um, the newsroom um, took me a couple episodes not a couple I think it took me like to the second or third episode to really like get into it Uh but my dad started watching with me I think around like episode three and he he just kept laughing like we would laugh at the sm- it, it, like it was so much more humorous which is what I loved yeah. because it wasn't too serious and it reminded me of SNL humor because of Jeff Daniels he is just mm-hmm. a funny guy um, it was really stupid though there was one scene where they were all it was season three Mm-hmm. And Neil got into trouble because of full spoilers. Neil got into trouble because he like quote unquote created treason, and he calls in um his. They're like all arguing in there, and it's so heated. And then all of a sudden, he calls in his assistant, and she goes, "Yes, he goes. Can you go get me a Pepsi?" And then she leaves, and I just started cracking up because I'm like. Will is a funny guy. Like, yeah. he doesn't give a shit. Like, he was laughing. Um, so, yeah, I like that it was very humorous, that they were... It, it was a good show. Um, the one thing that really got me was that they... It was going side-by-side side with real-world events. So, one of the first ones was the um, Gulf of Mexico, the oil spill. Oh, yeah. Very first episode, they just go yeah. right into it, the oil spill. I was like, okay. And I look at my dad, and I said, didn't that happen in real life? And he's like, yeah, like, it, yeah. it ruined a lot of shit. So, that one. And then we had um, the 9-11 capture, Osama bin Laden. He was captured. I they forgot kinda, about that. I yeah, he got all of this. He got captured, so they kind of, yeah. like, touch on that. And then Will got really high. He he couldn't, like, go on air, and he goes, he goes, who got captured, Obama? And I started cracking up. I was like, oh, my God. And, it, like, just those moments that he's, yeah. like... Um, they also covered the Boston Marathon. Like, all this stuff just kind of happens. Like, yeah. they, um, they kind of hint at it. I know May 11th. 2013 um, is when Osama bin Laden was captured and my dad looks at it when because they bring up dates purposely uh-huh. and the, when they brought up the date my dad goes that was the capturing I go what are you talking about I don't know if it was 2000 oh no it was 2011 and my dad's like my dad's like that's the capture and I go what do you mean and then like everyone starts freaking out so I really really admire the fact that they did that that they yeah, set everything up. Um, mm-hmm. 
They did the 2012 election. They spent at least like a good yeah, few episodes on the 2012 election. Yeah. Um, Boston Marathon bombing. They covered that, oh, and then yeah. they covered the very end. I wish they had kind of given them more time. The Me Too movement, when they gave Mac full um, control over the company, she became mm. like the CEO, and then it kind of brought up the Me Too. Mm. So I mean, it, there was a bunch of like those were just. That was all the events that happened in all three seasons, but I really appreciate the fact that, like, not many shows would kind of really touch on it, mm-hmm. but they did, and they yeah. brought it to light, and they discussed it like it like they were an actual news team, and I really yeah. loved that. That was one of my favorite things. Um, I'm, I'm so mad that they cut season three so short. It was only six episodes. I wish they would have yeah. given us more time. Yeah, and season three... Season three is probably the weaker of it was the seasons, um, but I'm glad you you reminded me of all that because I honestly I forgot all about that. I was so interested in, you know, Mac, Will, and Charlie's relationship that I I I completely forgot about yeah. a lot of a lot of the events. So I'm glad you reminded me of, about a lot of that. Um, yeah, and, and and you know, Sorkin's a genius because the writing is so good and so funny and and, and so quick that he really made a great cast it was i mean it wasn't like a hysterical show but they had their moments they had Uh like will with all of his like little comebacks and his little sayings like it was like those were just a couple moments that really like had me cracking up yeah i I, going back to the morning show though i felt like um I think I felt the I felt the episodes in the beginning were slow. Um, that's why I stopped watching. And also, initially, it felt like characters were cursing for no reason. And and I don't mind cursing. I'm not like a you know I'm not against it. But I was like, I wanted it to be a little bit earned. And I felt like. Especially Jennifer Anderson's character was just dropping f bombs left, right, and center for the first yeah. like couple episodes, and I was like, okay, like we just started the series, why are we starting off this way? Um, I don't really know enough about the character to be to understand the reason behind it, but I think at the end of it, you kind of realize that that's just workplace culture in a lot of places, particularly depending on the industry. But I think it's not always kind or politically correct, and I think you see that in the show that. Especially by the time you get to, like, episode eight, you, like, see, you know, Steve Carell's character Mitch Kessler and, like, his, his prime. Oh, and yeah, you're that like, was his name. Oh, snap. You're like, yeah, he's just getting away with murder right now because all of this stuff is happening. Um, I'm glad they did that episode because I was watching it and, I w- and I'm like, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and I'm like, you know what? No, I never did. I never gave him the benefit of the doubt. And you know what I loved? I loved... The conversation at the beginning with Mitch Kessler and Martin Short's character about sexual predators and how Martin Short's like, uh, Steve Carell, Skeet Carell's character, Mitch Kessler insults Martin Short's character saying, you know, he's a predator. And then Martin Short's character goes, okay, so then what are you? And Steve Carell's character's like, not you. And then you realize that Mitch Kessler's idea of what it is to be a sexual predator is so warped that he can't even recognize his own actions 
and doesn't feel like he's anywhere near a Harvey Weinstein or a, or a, you know whoever Martin Short's character was and so I was like oh my god like you don't understand the damage that you've done to women in your own workplace yes. and I was like that in itself is an interesting idea is that you know someone can do such heinous acts but distance themselves away from the situation and just be like oh well that's just the culture of the, even the fact that he goes to like Juju Mabothra I'm hoping I say her name right but he goes to, to, to Hannah and is like you know you're a woman you could have said no you're intelligent you could have walked out of the room and he I was, was like he was emotionally manipulating uh, her emotionally manipulating her and I was like whoa okay, what like dude that's your fault and you you were the one who did all of that and the fact she just kind of like takes it and eats it and swallows it and just just lets it sit in her soul and I was like oh my gosh and she does an amazing job uh, um I have who else does an amazing job uh, uh, Karen Pittman who plays Mia does an amazing job as well and I'm just like these women just being affected by it and just just trying to live every day just to be there and, and just pretend like it never even happened I was like oh my god and and Billy Crudup was probably my favorite character who played the Corey executive Ellison. producer yeah he was yeah. my favorite character the whole thing. I loved him I loved he how he was like character. I realized I love at the end that he was trying to protect her by reporting him to the Times. Spoiler alert. And I was like... No, that was... Um, that was Corey. That was her... No, he that's Charlie. says... Char- Charlie. Charlie was the one who... It was Chip. Chip was the one who who, um, who reports to the Chip Times. Chip report. I liked his character. I liked his character. It was, it was, a, it was an interesting character. But I, what I'm Which talking one was about, Corey? Corey's the executive, the one who smiles a lot. And he's like, it's fun. Just smile. You know the 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 executive who co- who who brought back Bradley in, who was like really interested. Oh in, in, in oh 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 oh. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was my yeah. favorite character. He was my favorite character because you could see that although he was power hungry, he knew how to play the game. And and you and could just, tell that when the when yeah. Hannah goes to him and tries to like report. Um, Mitch, he just goes, "You do a lot of great work." Oh no, person. it was me, Mia. Yeah. No, it was. Hannah oh, Corey's the one that Corey's the one that hires Reese Witherspoon's Bradley. character. Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Bradley. I yes, love, he hires her. Okay. Yeah. I, I know what character. you're saying. I loved his character because you could see he was he knew how to play the game and and knew knew what he, he was, was trying doing. to get everyone out of that office and he was like, all right, this is because he knew he knew he's like if I mix them together, she's gonna say something and it's gonna yeah, backfire and just, and, because and that's gonna cause yeah. He knew how to play the game and he was manipulating everything, but also I v- knew what to do. And I was just interested by the fact that at no point during during the the show was he, he never let up. Right. I think the only point he was ever puzzled was um, Maggie Brenner when she comes to him for the interview. And that's the only time he was ever rattled in a way. But even then, he was like, that's Chip's fault. Chip should have just played his cards right and, and kept it all close to his chest. And then when the right moment was to strike, then we we start doing this. But uh, just... And like you said, you know, it was interesting watching... Steve Carell be the bad guy 
I had never seen that before and I was very interested by his performance I thought he, he did a really good job I mean even Jennifer Aniston did a great job um, and it's my fault because I haven't seen her dramatic performances and I think maybe Cake is when like things kind of changed for her as a dramatic actor I mean I you know I believe her friend's days still haunts her as an actor. So I, I think just seeing her as, as in a serious, dramatic role was interesting for me. Reese Witherspoon was solid, but familiar. I was not... I never felt like... I never felt a certain type of way with her. Yeah, I was like, I expected this from Reese. I was never like, oh, this is very different to what she's done before. I was like, okay, she... Solid. She's I mean, played, she's she's solid played actor, multiple, but. multiple kind of roles, and I think with her, like, because I had just watched her in, um, she's doing great in the show game. Let me just tell you, because Big Little Lies, she plays like the, she tries to play the perfect housewife, house mom, and it's, mm-hmm. like, she's just dominant. Like, she knows what she wants. I don't know if you've seen Big Little Lies, but not um, yet. It's on my list. She. It's fantastic. Like she, like honestly, I don't have anything bad to say about all the women. Like they all, they all play their roles very well in the in the show. Um, and I just watch her in Little Fires Everywhere. And again, like she plays like just that role that wa- she is that perfect mother, and she did really well with that. Like it, it got to me at one point. Mm-hmm. So I was like. You want to hate her, but then you kind of don't. It's one of those things. Um, that's also another show I highly recommend. Her and Carrie Washington are a freaking fire dynamic yeah. duo. Like they are I've amazing heard. together. Um, I want that show nominated if it gets if it gets there. Um, mm-hmm. They both deserve it. So with this show, it was more of like seeing like again the power hungry. Like she was she was trying to change the news and that's kind of what I want to do I want to just be that person that doesn't always talk about the bad things that are going on but like also the good I want to Mm -hmm. make sure I want to shape the media to the point that okay we're talking about all these deaths but can we talk about all the ones that have lived can we talk about all those lives that have been saved instead of talking about X, Y, and Z let's go talk about ABC yeah she she plays the audience she she plays us in the situation of not understanding the business of the news and and looking at the news in its purest form of great journalism telling both sides of the story um telling the truth at all times not looking for sensational stories but you know those those even those local stories that are you know the good stories that you that happen bless me uh, bless you she, she I liked that aspect but I, I think it's really important especially for you know people on the outside is realizing that a lot of these industries are a business and are structured in a way in which there is power and power imbalances and I was very interested by watching 
like you said, Jennifer Aniston's character realized that, you know, she's she's worked her tail off for 15 years to be in this spot and deserves to have co-anchor approval. And she's like, you know, I'm Which I think take... anyone should, to be honest. Anyone I don't should. think... Because you want to have chemistry, and that's something I understood from her, because they were like, okay, no, we're choosing. I'm like, okay, yeah. first of all, do you want two people that don't have great chemistry to work together? Like, okay, I honestly think that you and I, if we ever did, like, a new show, like, we could host it well together because we do have that fun, like, bounce off each other chemistry. Right. Like, I kind of know how, what kind of way you'll go. You know what kind of way I'll go with things. And it should be someone who plays off of each other. And I feel like news stations should allow that chemistry. If you're going to audition for right. something, audition with the anchor to see how well they work together. Not just hire somebody and be like, okay, this is what's going to be of the new newscast which that kind of bothered me that's when i was like is this really how the news works because but it's but i I, again i think you i think it what the show opens up is you realize that the news is entertainment that is where it sits nowadays it it's it's entertainment and you see Corey realizes that although he does movies he understands that the news is also entertainment and a lot of people are using it as entertainment and yes he also wants to bring back the value in the news but he does understand the entertainment industry and that's why he's such a valuable piece in that system and then you 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 see fred how fred manipulates everything to best suit the network and you forget that you know the networks use the news as their own platforms yeah. to say and do certain things. So then you have you have uh, Bradley Jackson who comes in and who doesn't see it that way, who is a field reporter who's all Which about I telling loved. the story. Because she and knows like, what it's like out there and she's right. like fighting for a cause and they just sit in the studio, which yeah. is fine, but, they're also, but they don't want change. No. And that's kind of what bugged me. I'm like, okay, but like you have someone in here who has actual experience being out there and talking to people and now you're just shutting her down because... Right. You're because you're pissed. You don't that... want change. Yeah. You don't want change. You want you want the ship to continue sailing because you realize that, and and on the on the other hand, that fans and engagement with the show is important to ratings and important for the success of the show. So yes. in order to maintain that, you need to have the smoothest transition possible to keep everything afloat, and especially when your main co-anchor is in the midst of sexual harassment allegations you're trying to figure out how do we write the ship so i think it does present both sides of the of the chain really well and i think especially placing it in the midst of the me too movement was was, was very important and i i'm glad that apple tv took that risk with one of their first shows i think that's just really bold uh, it was a good show take. I really enjoyed it. I felt the ending was a little flat, though. I felt like... I At the end, I don't feel Alex should have been redeemed. I think she was also complicit in it, and I felt she should have got some sort of backlash for it. Um, I... I felt that... But I think that it kind of works in the sense that the show kind of blows up. That, it, you know, the ticking time bomb finally detonates, and you see it blow up. So I guess that works. But I, did, I and I think the shot at the end with Steve Carell on the table with the dolly out was very powerful. But I wanted to see more. But I guess it's sort of unrealistic because in the in the sense of let's I'm going to sound really terrible, but let's 
imagine like Harvey Weinstein, for instance, what happens at the end of that? You know, he loses everything. So what does that look like in losing everything? You know, um, and I think, I guess that's what that shot kind of replicates if it's Steve yeah. in an empty house with nothing. And, and although he's not dead or, or in jail for his his misconduct he's still see, got everything taken away see, got, everything got taken from him so i guess there is sort of redemption in there but i guess i would have wanted to see more considering the damage that was done but i guess in a way that's maybe unrealistic or sets up for a second season where we kind of see the fallout of the show so i don't know i will say i disagree with you about the ending though because i am I was waiting for the ending just to see where they would go with it, and I did like the fact that she, that Alex kind of, like, you see her wandering around, like, she had just realized, I forgot what she realized, I think that, you watched it more recently, what did she realize at the end? Well, she kind of realizes that she was involved, and she was complicit, and, and she's done a she terrible hears, job. She at, hears me at, a speech. Well, she, she heard someone... She hears she it was it was Hannah's death. It was after yes. Hannah's death. Oh, she hears Hannah's that, death because she had yeah. no idea. She had no and idea. Then she, she comes and she has no idea. She's sitting there. There was okay. So there's two points I'm, I want to talk about. This is one of them, um, being that she walks around the studio, and at that point I'm kind of like, okay, what is she gonna do? I, I honestly thought she was gonna be just go on camera and say I quit, something like that. Um, I think it was a good redemption. And I think we'll see a se- if there's a season two, which I think there will be, um, knowing knowing Apple. I think there's that's going to be when the backlash hits. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be when they're like, okay, now you have to follow our rules if you want to be employed or something, whatever they decide mm-hmm. to do with that. Um, I did like that she did that at the end, though. That kind of made me happy because I was like, okay, here she is, like, defending him still, defending. She's defended him to the T up to that point. And then when she hears about Hannah's death, she's kind of like, what the hell happened? Like, why? Or she's like, this is because of him, because he did this. Because she didn't know about Vegas. She had no idea that he raped her technically. She, she didn't know about Vegas, but she knew about Mia. And she knew about, she knew about countless other women yes. who were in Mitch's dressing room. So, so in her silence, being complicit, yes, she opens up But now up she about realizes, that. she's like... Right. She's like, think, now you yeah. can sense that she feels guilty. You see yes. it. You're like, I you should stop this. Yes. And one of my favorite scenes, I will say, is when they're walking by the newsroom, Alex and Mitch, and he sees Harvey Weinstein. You see Harvey Weinstein uh, captured or in prison um, yeah. for a sexual assault. And Mitch just goes, that is absolutely disgusting. What kind of, like, he just goes yeah. on with his lines. And Alex kind of just, like, gives a look. Like, she kind of just, like, agrees, but you can tell, like, she knows that Mitch is the same way. Yeah. And that scene, like, held so much power for me because I was like, okay, this is when you know, like, he's saying how disgusting that is, but he doesn't realize what he's doing because he thinks what he's doing is consensual and is okay. But, I mean, that scene just held so much power for me in that moment. I was like, okay, this is is where a predator doesn't see what they're doing. Right, and I love that. But I, I, I guess where I disagree with you as far as, you know, Alex is concerned, okay. I disagree because I feel like she doesn't deserve to be redeemed at the end 
because she is so complicit with everything and it shouldn't take Hannah's death for something to change. But then you realize that everything in her life kind of reaches a fever pitch where she realizes that with the divorce, she, with her daughter with divorce, hating with her, daughter, yeah, yeah, that she's just like, like you know everything. what, f it, just let's just throw it all on the table and 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 be honest for once because I've been in a position of power, and I've completely turned a blind eye to every woman in this studio who has dealt with Mitch Kessler. I've dealt with Mitch Kessler, and I have. I don't think it was a redemption, though. In all honesty, I don't think that was her redeeming herself. I think that was just her finally saying, okay, I don't think, like, she should have thought it a while ago, but I think in that moment, she realized, and she's like, you know what? Now I'm going to say something. Now I'm going to call the network out. Now I'm going to do this. Whether she is redeemed for that, whether she is, like, forgiven, that's a whole other thing for season two. But I don't think that was her redemption. I think that was just her trying to do the right thing, finally, and saying, okay, okay this no, is this is what the studio has done. Don't believe them, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I was mind blown. And the fact that they locked out the CEO, I yeah. was like, okay. And Corey, mm, didn't perfect. Corey, Corey was in the room, wasn't he? Yeah. And he kept it locked in because he was like, yeah. you know what? This is going to blow up. This could either go and in your face. The way I read it is I, he's like, okay, this could either go a really good way where I finally have control of this station or it could blow up in my face. What that's the thing is, is why I love Corey is because he has no stake in the situation. Because, yes, he could take over, but he also has all those Hollywood movies that he's making that he's producing that he really doesn't have as much stake as anybody else does in the game. And Bradley has is the same way because Bradley's like you know I could quit and then I'm okay, so I think it was cool that Corey Corey was like no keep it rolling because at the end of the day he's like either I get that CEO position or I don't but I don't care either way I'm interested in telling how the this truth plays and down. seeing how this plays out and so he was just like yeah just let it burn let's see what happens like, no don't change the channel let's just let it burn I and love so, yeah. Sorry, no. I was just gonna say I love that at the end of the se- at like the last like five minutes, the new um, executive producer comes up to Alex and he's like, "Do you need anything? Do you need a moment?" And she just like throws the water in his face, and she he just goes, "All right," and walks well, away. Because he was like, he was like, "Let's do this show for Hannah," and it's like you want even. Here. He you literally just started. He didn't know you just started that day. You have no right to even be talking about this person who we've been working with for years. You have no right to even use her death as a as a platform to state yourself in this situation. And I was like, yeah, throw the water on him. Absolutely. But the, when she was like, when there's water all over the desk, and she, the lady's like trying to clean it up. She's like, no, no, we're just going to do it like this. Fuck it. <laughs> and, then, and then they start rolling and there's like water droplets all over the, the, the set. And I was like, she's lost it. Like, She's completely oh, no, absolutely. lost it at this point. And, that and was fantastic. I loved, she was so like potent and she was so just like picture perfect. And then all of a sudden, like that last scene, that last scene like did everything for me. Cause she was right. like, finally she's like unraveling. She's like walking around the studio, not giving a shit. Like if you saw that in real life, they would have like yeah. cut it right away. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. have let it go on. But Corey's like, no, 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 keep it going. And I'm like, yeah. yo, it's going to go like. One of two viral. ways, either. It's going viral. And then finally, like, she's like, she's like, fuck, fuck, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on like, air. They're like, they're cursing on air, live. I was like, oh my god, that's crazy. 
But I, I was I like, think, you don't see this. But I, I think that's why you can't compare Newsroom and The Morning Show because they offer two completely different sides to the story of, of, of Newsrooms because you have I, the exec who doesn't care about the news, who's in it for the business of the news. And then you have Mac. the exec who... Not even Matt, but like Charlie, who actually cares about the news and is looking yes. out for his people and, and really, you know, generally cares about everybody and, and what they say, who's fighting to beat out the entertainment aspect of the news. And so you see two sides of the coin with the news as both, a, you know, where it should be the moral ground it should have versus the entertainment side of it. And you're seeing them play out in both, both of these, these shows. So, you know, I, I, was, I was very interested. I, another thing I will say, I, I loved the trigger warnings before episode eight and nine. I yes. think they were fantastic. I'm glad that they were there. It did, it did present a sense of foreboding for me because I knew that these events were going to happen. It was because I was just... Now I was waiting for them to unravel. I knew I was going to see a rape scene in eight. I knew that I was going to see suicide in nine. So I was expecting these things to happen, but, and so I was kind of like tense because I knew it was going to happen, but then when they I happened, I had to skip I was through like, it. Yeah, I couldn't I, watch I, it. But I'm glad they did that because they are very vivid scenes. Um, I give Steve Crow a those, lot of props for moments, that. I, I give him props as well because it for you to be the bad guy to be so lovable in real life and then to play the bad guy and to play it so well to go was, from Michael Scott to Mitch Kessler like that yeah, is it's tough crazy and and I, it really shows his acting chops one but two it was just Again, the idea of him not understanding his behavior and not seeing anything wrong in what he was doing and 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 and. and uh, but that's also signs of like a narcissist. Like he knew he it was is hot a shit. He knew he was hot shit. He knew he could get away with it. He knew the women couldn't turn him down because of his power he held, which is also why like oh those shows piss me off. But um, also another reason why I'm such a fan of the Me Too movement is because the women are finally so like they can tell their side of the story like yeah. so it's so sad how many women are so scared to tell their story because they don't want to get the guy in trouble and they don't want to like put him in that position well, I where guess not even just that but also also the fact of not knowing if you're even going to have a job after after speaking out of knowing that the system is rigged to protect certain individuals and to get rid of others and you see it in, in the show where they're offering Hannah a new job just so she can get out of And so that way she New stays silent and doesn't... So she, yeah. She can, silencing people by giving them extra benefits so that they don't speak out on the issues that are happening as a way to silence people. And, and it's like, you you actively seeing that. And I thought that was... Hey, it was really good. It was, it was a very good show, and I'm really hoping they do a season two. I honestly did not know there were 10, se- 10 episodes. I was really expecting it to be like eight or nine, and then when it said episode 10, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? But 
It was well, good. I, I, I spoke it for myself because I, I went and looked at how many um, <laughs> how many episodes there were going to be before I started. Uh, I don't know. I just want to know fair, what fair. I'm getting into. I thought you meant like you spoiled the show. I was like, no. No, I didn't. I didn't watch the last episode. I just saw how many episodes there were in the season, so I knew I was I was in for. Um, I knew what kind of commitment that <laughs> it would be. Bless you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, on our, on Twitter we have which one is the better TV newsroom drama, um, oh, yeah. and we have newsroom, the morning show, and other and. We only have three votes, but right now it's a hundred percent newsroom. So, <laughs> um, I can't yeah. even say anything because I voted for newsroom, just because newsroom touched on real life events and they touched on right. multiple things. Not that Me Too movement isn't a real life event because I would never debunk yeah. that. No, um, I like the newsroom solely because they do like. It, I felt like I should have been watching them instead of every other news station when. They've reported um, every all the real life world events like the yeah. capturing the Boston Mar- everything, um, but the the morning show I loved because it did solely focus on the Me Too movement and we haven't really mm-hmm. gotten that. Yeah. Newsroom touched on it for maybe like a couple episodes, but new- morning show really touched on what happened with Matt Lauer with. Um, I think it was just Matt Lauer who was accused, and I think for me it kind of reminded me of what maybe they went through over at the today show and they and it just like showed okay this is what happens behind the scenes like that's kind mm-hmm. of what it reminded me of yeah. it made me think of uh, I, I i also think i also think the reason why maybe a lot more people are interested in the newsroom is just because of the access to the show it's a lot easier to watch newsroom than it is to watch the morning show especially with yes. apple tv's uh you know current structure but uh yeah i think two completely different shows um but both offering just poignant stories that need to be told but again i i genuinely think that newsroom does a better job in in showing actual journalism and even me uh, as a as a theater major i kind of was like I feel I should have studied journalism because <laughs> I wanted to I, I, I was so enamored with the room and enamored with the situations and, and how people were reacting and just how journalism works through the show that I was like maybe yeah. I made a mistake in the career I chose for myself that I probably should have been a journalist so I think even that's kind of cool because it speaks to that watching both shows um, I will say though it really proved to me why I chose the major I did, why I choose, uh, why I choose to want to be a news anchor, is because of how they respond to news. How like, and I loved, loved, loved newsroom for when they were like when Mac would talk to the anchors and she would let them know like tap tap your pen on the desk if you hear what if you know like if you got what I said, yeah. and I was like wow like I, well, like how she's still like she is in control of the room yeah mac was the room she told will what to say she said okay listen you need to get out of this right now um overall both really good shows i would honestly recommend them to anybody um i would say if you're looking I, to understand more about the news and journalism as a whole i think newsroom newsroom does a better job of doing that if you're interested in 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 
like the drama portion and the drama and and understanding the entertainment industry to a certain degree i think the morning show does a better job of that so it depends on what you're looking for honestly yeah because i when i watched both of them i was like it's like picking between like tomatoes and potatoes or whatever like it's two completely different shows although they both cover journalism it's just two completely different things um but any any final remarks on anything we talked about today? No, as always, I don't have anything. I always feel like <laughs> I, I explain everything I, I feel. Um, Me too. But yeah, well, I, hope... I really don't have anything. Same. I think we... This was one of our uh, most informative, I think, because everything literally happened this week. Yeah. I Every day, like literally Monday through Wednesday, like something new was just coming out, and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, we're we're heating up right now. I think so. And, I think uh, everything's come back together. Filming for everything, filming for a lot of projects picks back up next month. Like I keep saying every episode, so very excited. Yeah. Now excited so, to turn twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you know I tell everyone please check out our our Twitter page at TWSS Podcast. We post a lot of stuff that we're about to talk about or engage with uh, different things um, and it's just a kind of cool way to keep up with us we're also on Facebook as well Facebook is where I where all of our episodes will be posted um, also Facebook and Twitter and Twitter is more of our informative side we like to talk about we like to repost more on there Facebook yeah. is more of just so that way we get engaged with all of our friends and family just that way they because I know my family my family is all on Facebook so they I always see them liking it and I'm like oh thanks Uncle Andrew <laughs> <laughs> but much love to everybody who's been listening and to who sent me texts and sent Zach texts about because um, I do get texts I do get people saying to me oh my god like I loved listening to you and Zach talk about Captain America Civil War I loved listening to your take on Stargirl and I'm like thank you I appreciate it yeah Love, Sounds love. like I'm over her. No, I got we got we got ten episodes in, and I got a lot more to go. So I can't we're be in over double yet. digits, baby. <laughs> double digits. <laughs> double digits, baby. But this was another episode of That's What She Said with Zach and Nicole, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, peace out. Peace out.